Welcome back to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. Now on Distinct Nostalgia, we're turning the clock back to celebrate 50 years of Britain's second longest running drama serial. Beginning as a lunchtime soap on October the 16th, 1972, Emmerdale Farm soon became a popular staple of the ITV schedules. Yes, and we've three treats coming up for you in Emmerdale's 50th birthday week. First up, with plenty of great memories of Coronation Street, Family at War and how we used to live as well as Emmerdale Farm... It's the prolific Diana Davis who played Mrs. Bates. Delighted to say we're joined by Diana Davis, uh, stalwart of Emmerdale, but of many, many other things over many, many years. Lovely to talk to you, uh, Diana. So we're talking mainly about Emmerdale, but we obviously want to talk about your long career. And I'm talking to to you now from the centre of Manchester, very, very close to the old, what was the old Granada Studios, yeah, which you remember, <laughs> you remember it very well, don't you? You go back a long way when it comes to Granada. I do go back a long way, yeah. I, I was even an extra in Coronation Street many times before I got my break in Family at War. And I think I remember particularly being the waitress in Jackson's Chippy on one episode. And Len Fairclough, remember him? Yes. <laughs> He was sitting at a table banging his salt pot because it was and my line was, is it all crunched up, Chuck? <laughs> a, a wonderful line to start with. <laughs> so much better than many of the other lines I got as an extra, like there's a phone call for you, sir. Or, <laughs> or is it all crunched up, Chuck? was a big improvement. <laughs> so when would, when would that have been then, do you think? Well, when Granada started, which was when, around about 1960? It was, uh, yeah, well, now Granada started in ninety in the mid-50s, but Corrie started in 60, didn't it? That's it, Corrie started in the 60s. Well, I was, I was already um, doing a bit of, of Andrams in those days even, at the Altrincham Garrick. Oh, yes, which is still, which is still... Which, I sort of joined the thing at Granada, being a member of Equity, I got into Granada as an extra. I was in things like Skyport and oh, gosh, all sorts of stuff, Inheritance. We did many, many series there. And I was quite often in, as an extra, as I say, that was, that was a high moment, the gunged up chuck line. But then it was the break came, because I can cry. Right. The break came in family at war, again, doing a day's extra work. And um, I arrived at the studios and one of my extra friends said to me, can you cry? And I said, wow, what are you talking about? She said, well, this is about mums saying goodbye to their children who are going to be evacuated. So I said, well, certainly I could cry at that. They never knew where their children were going. They never knew whether they'd ever see them again. So when we got to the location, is it okay to rattle on like this? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. When go we for got it. to the location, we were told to pick out a child from the lots of children that were there. It was in a school, and Leslie Nunnally, who played uh, um, Miss Ashton, their teacher, uh, had been told to talk to a girl with her child, and this girl picked a very big, tall child, and she was told that she. She couldn't really have a line, but if she could say something like, will you make sure she sends a postcard, uh, that would be okay. I was right in the background. I chose a little red-headed boy, 
And the director was June Hansen, who never missed anything. Thank God for the her, because this was the day that changed my life, actually. She um, started, she said, well, that's done now. I'm going over to the little boy who was playing the piano. She walked past me and she said, stopped in her tracks and said, are you crying? I said, I thought that's what you wanted. Just whatever you said, say it again. Got the cameras around me and I naturally added a couple of lines. <laughs> and um, the next thing I heard in Granada was that people were interested in it and there was a possibility I would be written in. And to be honest, I thought, yeah, that's not likely to happen. I've heard that one before. But because it was such a long series, it was 50 episodes, um, and John Finch, as you know, was the writer, and the producer started to lobby John to write me in, because he'd liked what he'd seen. And then in the end, John said, well, he was doing an ep it wasn't his episode. He didn't write every episode, but there was a part going for the cheeky factory girl and that the casting director said, well, we've been told you might put her into it. We're hanging on. We're not giving her any other jobs. <laughs> so would you may as well give her this part? He said, well, if she, yes, give her that part. And if I do write something in the future, I'll write it for that character. And that's what happened. Very good, very good. So, so, did, so did Family at War come before Corrie then? Or Corrie come oh, before? Yes. yes. Right, that's interesting. Oh, I think Corrie was going yeah. before I ever got into Corrie. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the day that Family at War finished, I was invited to join the cast in Corrie. Right, OK, OK. I've seen a picture of you on mm -hmm. Coronation Street um, as, a young, as a young woman, sort of mm -hmm. sc fairly scantily clad, <laughs> as it were, um, at the cor at the cor near the corner shop. Was that for a particular character? Yes, I worked in the corner shop. Right. Maggie, Maggie Clegg. Do you remember Maggie Clegg? I do, yes, I do, oh, yes. she was a great mate. She's a great mate. Unfortunately, she died a couple of years ago. We kept in touch ever since the Corrie days. And I stayed with her many times when I was in London. Irene Sutcliffe was her name. And um, she took me under her wing when I joined Corrie and really sort of got me into the swing of it and said, don't go and sit in the green room, come in the card room and play cards. And I didn't play cards, but she said, oh, come in here, we'll have fun in here. <laughs> and it was, it was a lovely thing to do. In fact, I'm just looking now on my dresser in the kitchen. I don't have pictures of, the, of my career around, but this is me, Julie, and Betty Driver uh -huh. doing the Andrew Sisters in a concert at the Rovers. Ah, we... Such an iconic picture of the three of us. We were supposed to mime to an Andrew Sisters record, I'll Be With You in Apple Blossom Time. And uh, Stephen Hancock, who was in the show then, um, what was his name? He played... He, he, uh, Ernest, Bishop. Uh, Ernest Bishop, yeah. Ernest Bishop, yeah. Ernest Bishop was playing the piano and we were supposed to mime, but the people who owned the rights to the Andrew Sisters recordings would not allow it. Right, okay. So we had to learn it and sing it. And Betty, of course, had been a singer in her early career. Yes, yeah. But she'd always said, I'm not going to sing in Corrie, but bless her, she said she would for that because she could sing. Fantastic. Julie and I just did the best we could. <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be perfect, so that was fine. But that is a really good memory. That would have been the early 70s, wouldn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I remember, I mean, I was born in 72, 
So I, I don't re- I don't quite remember back to the early seventies, but I do. I've seen previous episodes, and I think there was one. There was one. I don't know it was Christmas or what it was. There was a big concert on. Yes, they did the Andrew Sisters, but I also think um, uh, Barbara Knox did something as well. I think she. Yeah, she did. I think she and played Marlene Dietrich or something. Graham Haberfield and, and Ray Langton, Ray Langton and Jerry Booth. Yes. Did um, gosh, Flanagan and Alan. Yes, they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the one. And I think Barbara, Barbara, I say Barbara did um, uh, Marlene and Dietrich. I think she did. Yes, because Barbara was a real singer. She yeah. could sing very well. Yeah. <laughs> for happy days, I was in it for two years. Fantastic. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it must have been quite. Um, a sort of baptism of fire, though, because there were, obviously by that point there were there were already people in there who were seen as you know legends and all the rest oh, of it, yes. weren't there? You know, Pat, so Pat, I'd already met Pat because she was a member of an actors group that I was with, and so I, I did know Pat, and um, but not very well. But when I was in Corrie, we became really close friends, Pat and I. And I went to, when I was in Emmerdale was when she was. Ill and in hospital actually the week before she died. Ah, okay. And um, Tony Warren and I kept in touch about how she was getting on. Yeah. And Tony said, "I want you to come and see her. Definitely, you need to come and see her." So I did, and she looked amazing. She yeah. Was fully made up, tottering, chopping around the room, arranging things. I'm grateful, but obviously she was coming near the end, and she was having that burst that sometimes happens. Yeah. And then. Um, she was dead a couple of days later. I was back in Yorkshire by then, and they wanted me to go on their local programme to talk about her. And I said I would, but while I sat waiting, I couldn't. I just knew that I was going to cry all the way through it. Yeah, yeah. I was so fond of her. They wanted you, they, they wanted you to go on calendar, did they, in, your, in Yorkshire? Yeah, they yeah. wanted me to go and talk about Pat. And, yeah. And obviously, it would have been a good piece, I suppose, but... And I just felt too upset to do it. Yeah, no, I couldn't understand that. I couldn't understand that. Mm. Um, so going back to um, the Corrie days, then just very briefly, you know, two, two, two years in there, but obviously I say a ba- bit of a baptism of fire. By that point, Coronation Street was huge, wasn't it? It was a yes, massive was. thing. What what was that? Was it quite daunting to get a part in Corrie at that time? Um, in one way, yes, but in the other way, I'd always wanted desperately to be in it. Right. It was the most wonderful thing for Northern actors when yes. it took off the way it did, because finally we were being considered as good enough to play a big part. Yes. In the early days of Granada, quite often I'd be an extra and I would see a, a girl from London attempting a Northern accent. Yes. Not very well in, in a part, and I used to think, this is so unfair, it wasn't a leading role, it was quite a an ordinary supporting role. Why couldn't one of those Northerners have been given that? You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Corrie was what changed all that. Yeah, of course it did. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And 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 so your character was yeah you part of the you part of the Clegg sort of side of things. So just tell us a bit about your remind us about your character a little bit. We'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me loading them up on? It, it only takes structure. And, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah, know what I mean. So, do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm y'all trying. Oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, me, 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 yo, look, 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 look,
we all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. I got a lot, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I got a lot. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit. Sir. My character name was Norma Ford, and I worked in the corner shop. I was, at first, seemed to be telling lots of lies, making things up. Turned out that the reason for that was that my dad, played by the wonderful Bob Keegan from Zedcast fame, was a, a, a bit of a bad lot and was in prison. And I was keeping that very quiet from everybody, so sort of not really making stuff up a lot to cover the fact that there was no family around. Right, okay. She was a great character, Norma. I really liked her. And um, she uh, she fell for, Bert, for Bill Roach, of course. <laughs> everyone does. Everyone does. Like everyone does, yeah. <laughs> and one of, sometimes when they do a, a double-page spread of his girlfriends, I'm in amongst it somewhere. <laughs> but and at one point, Bill did tell me that they were maybe thinking of pairing us up. Right. They had the romance and so on. But then they decided, no, Norma was a bit too common for Ken. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember when I first joined and they, the writers took me out to lunch to get to know me a bit because they were going to write me in. Yes. And then <laughs> I said, do you want me to be Northern, as I am, I'm still Northern, or do you want me to be really Northern? <laughs> and they said, oh, no, really Northern. So I was the sort that would say, you what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's really common. <laughs> so they decided that really she was too common for Ken. And was she supposed to? Because the other thing about Coronation Street, the interesting thing about Corrie and Emmanuel actually is that if you if you come from the north and I'm from Yorkshire, you mm. you know the subtle differences in the accents and things. But often there's a bit of a merging between Corrie and and and, and Emmanuel in terms of accents. Are there? Were you meant to? Was it? Was was it? Were they strict on? Where you were supposed to come from? You were supposed to be a, a Manchester lass or a Lancashire lass or what? Oh, I, I was just Manchester. I was there on the spot. That was where I was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. But that one was easy. And when I went into Emmerdale, I mean, I can do Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. I've got Yorkshire family. But they wanted me to not be from Yorkshire. Right. So I'd come from a, a Lancashire farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it happens. It happens. So no, that's, that, that sounds that sounds fantastic. So you you, you came into Corrie. You've got um, all these great actors and people around you. Who did you sort of um, who did you cotton onto? Who put who who put their arm around you and looked after you when you got into Corrie? Well, I just told you that's Irene Sutcliffe. Right. And then Pat. Pat took a little while to get to know me again because we'd only known each other casually of his actors group. Yes. But she she came round very soon to being a good mate. And Doris Speed was another one. <laughs> Doris was a great friend of Irene. And when I first came in, Irene told me this story. Doris said, you're spending a lot of time with that Diana Davis. I'm, I'm not seeing as much of you as I usually do. <laughs> so Irene said, well, I'm just helping her find her feet, you know, in the winter show. And anyway, Doris, you ought to get to know her because she's very nice. I don't think so, said Doris. <laughs> in, the, in the card room, we played bridge. Now, I couldn't play bridge, but they sort of taught me the basics because they were short of a four. And Irene was a marvellous bridge player. Yeah. Stephen Hancock was good, and so was Bill. They yeah. were all good, but they needed a fourth. Anyway, one day, we're playing, and I'm sitting there playing, not really knowing what I was doing, 
And Doris walked through, she used the phone, and she spotted, oh, she said, you're playing bridge. So Bill said, Doris, do you play? And she said, yes. So he was delighted to find another bridge player. She rarely went into that room. Anyway, she sat down to play, and uh, she messed up royally with whatever she bid. And Bill looked at her and said, Doris, you had no right to bid with only those few points. <laughs> and she said, but it was a sporty bid, a sporty bid, Bill. <laughs> and then she looked at me and said, how have you learned this? Really, sort of quite cold. I said, oh, uh, uh, I bought a book, Bridge for Beginners. <laughs> oh, could you get me a copy? <laughs> so I found the book. It was in my local shop. Took it in the next day, just to pay the back. And she went to find her purse. So I said, no, Doris, it, 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 it was only cheap, and I've written something in the cover. So she opened it up, and I just said, I've just written, dear Doris, please don't lose your sportiness altogether. <laughs> and she, the rest of that day, she kept, I could feel her eyes on me from across the room. Eventually, she walked over very regally, stood in front of me and said, Diana, I'm pleased with you. <laughs> oh. Fantastic. And when she eventually met my son Stephen on one of these family do's where we all brought our family, she looked at him and said, he was nine at the time, Stephen, I am prepared to like you. Because <laughs> you are so like your mother. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was terrific. She yeah. was so witty. She was amazingly funny and just, just so great to work with. And I still saw quite a bit of her after she left. Fantastic. Went to see her in the home that she was in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I did have some good... I had lots of mates, but those three, Pat, Doris, and Irene. Well, of course, while you were in it, of course, all all the, the original, most of the originals were still there. So you, you also had yeah. Violet, Violet Carsten as well was there, wasn't she? Yes, she was there. Via Margot. Margot was a, a huge laugh because she'd been in Enter. Yes, We'd yes. heard of Enter. She'd been in that as a young actress and she was a barrel of laughs people said to me don't ever get stuck in the canteen with Zaya Margot so I said why? why what do you mean oh they just they just complain and moan which wasn't true <laughs> at all when we got to know them you know she was very funny yeah I yeah. could be a bit stiff yeah <laughs> <laughs> but Margot was a hoot I, I saw her in a film not so long ago. I'd, I'd, I'd watched it years ago and, and, and not watched it again until recently. It was um, it was a very old film of the the, tr- the trials of Oscar Wilde oh, with with, old, yes. with Peter Peter Finch in it, and, and of course she was in that. She was yes. in that many, many way back in the fifties or whatever it was. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, they they had such experience, and that was why it was that thing of the northern actors getting decent roles. Yes. And it was because, I mean, they've, they've done a programme on it, strangely enough, for BBC called The Road to Coronation Yes, yes, yes. And that, and that Tony was very involved with that. And it was a great story. Yes. And, the, and some great performances in it from people like Jesse Wallace doing Pat. Yes, yes. And Celia Emery doing Doris. Yes, yes. And so on. It, and it was... And Bill's son, of course. But Bill's son playing playing Kent. <laughs> yes, that's right. And the the actual fact that it, it showed you how really reluctant Granada were to do it. Yes. And um, it was only because they were sort of 
because they were in the north, they were sort of had to, in a way, do something northern. Yes, yes. And one of the brothers sort of put that point in the story, and and then they were only going to show it in the north, and only for 13 weeks. Yes. And he wrote 20, well, however many episodes. And then it, it took off. And then, of course, there was an actor's strike, which lasted for seven months. And during that time, only actors who were under contract could work. So the only working actors in this country were the cast of Emergency Ward 10 and the cast of Coronation Street. <laughs> yeah. And Peter Adamson, who played Len Fairclough, at that point, Peter wasn't a major character. No. But he had a good agent who'd arranged a contract. Yes. So once, once they were just on their own with no couldn't have anyone else. His, his part was built up a lot. All to do to all sorts, Dennis Tanner suddenly started working with animals as a sort of circus <laughs> act. They were desperate to keep it going, but they could only use the contracted artists. Yes, yes. That, was, that went on for seven months. So one of the others who was working at the same time was, of course, Richard Thorpe, an emergency worker. Of course, who eventually uh, teamed up with you in Emmerdale, but uh, we'll talk. Exactly. We'll talk about that. Fantastic. So, what was it? What was it like in? I mean, I I remember it in the latter years before they decided to move all everything to Media City in more recent times. But you know, I always felt when I walked into Granada that it was a sense. There was a sense of history there, heritage. Oh. You know, going back many many moons. But what was it? What was it like as a place to work back then? It was amazing. I had fantastic ride to say. You've got people like Jack Rosenthal yes. writing there. Uh, it, was a, it was showbiz. At the end of my time, one of the last parts I had at Granada, which after I'd been in Emmerdale for six years, it had all changed. It had become all about money. Yes, yes. And that feeling of, oh, isn't it great to be here, you know, wasn't there anymore. No. No. I mean, in my day, a producer would be at the first rehearsal of a programme. There'd be a big table, all the cast would meet, there'd be cakes and tea and coffee, and you'd meet the producer along with the director. But then you'd never see the producer again. No. It's like he was a figure in the background. But later, the producer became the main man, the money man. Yes. And everything had to go through the producer. You'd have a director that wanted to cast you, but he'd have to say, I've got to wait until you've met the producer. You're right for this part, but it's got to be the producer that sees you. And this is the director saying it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how it changed. Yeah. A lot of it became about money. So you... everything does in the end. I know, sadly, sadly, you're right. So talking about, obviously you were a Granada for, for quite a long time, and then you made yeah. this trip over the hills to... Yorkshire, and of course Yorkshire TV started in what's late 60s and, and started to become another great place for fantastic drama, didn't it, basically? And, and and before Emmerdale, you were in a, what so many people, whenever we talk about this on Distinct Nostalgia, we get so much response. Everybody of a certain age remembers how we used to live. Tell us a bit about how we used to live. Oh, that. And well, Frida would say, I think, I think at the end of it, Frida presented me with something. She counted up the words I'd said, because <laughs> I had a very large role. And she presented me with something for remembering the most words in the programme. It was just terrific, because 
I had his, fam- this wonderful family. Obviously, the husband was the same actor throughout. And the eldest daughter, she she did a brilliant job of managing to go from 15 <laughs> to a, a GI bride with two children. <laughs> that was Julie Shipley. She managed to look 15, even though she must have been in her early 30s. <laughs> and then I had two other, a daughter and a son, who changed once at the halfway mark when we had a break between the seasons. They came back as an older pair. But the youngest one, Edward, I had five. I had five Edwards who went from a baby in the first one to a 17-year-old in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was great. You know, we filmed it all in a little house in Leeds that hadn't been changed in any way since those years. It was owned by a very elderly man and nothing had been changed. It looked exactly right. My mum said when she saw it, that's exactly what it was like. Yeah, the yeah. pub and posse, you know, everything was, everything was genuine about it and they rigged it so that obviously they could get the camera shots and all the rest of it. But it looked so good. And in those days, schools programmes were only meant to be shown three times, three years. Right. And then that was the end of it. Yes. They ended. But with that, by the time I was in Emmerdale, somebody to do with that programme came up to me and he said, you know what, Di? They've, the schools have complained so much that they won't see it again, because it's been it three years, yeah. that they're asking for um, videos of it. Yes, yeah. Uh, and do you want a set? <laughs> they weren't videos, they were... Um, the old style. Yeah, they were videos before DVDs. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got them somewhere, but of course I can't play so, them now. So, s- no. I've got the thing to do it yeah, with. of course. So, 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 are they, so they. So I remember the one I remember because I was born in '72. So I would, I'd be watching it as I a. Believe you sat at school watching. <laughs> so I'd be watching. I'd be watching it as a sort of eight or nine, ten-year-old maybe, and yeah. and and it was the I watched the 1936 to 1952 one. Um, That's the one I was in. And you, you, but you were in the others, weren't you? You were in the other. I was in other bits, but they were never as long as that. That was the one that won the award for the best schools program. Right, right, yeah. It it was the longest and the most ambitious. I was in a couple of others that covered the war years in certain smaller amounts, but that one was a cracker, going from thirty-six. And and of course. Okay, okay. So and it was quite an important period because the interesting thing was with that one, I think, was that we could, you know, I could connect very much with my grandparents on it because yeah. they remember the period vividly. So what would happen was at the school, at my school, was we'd watch uh, How We Used to Live. It used to come on at 11.40 in the morning for about 20 minutes. Um, and and then we'd we'd sort of go and see our grandparents and collect various things. So we'd have... You know, we'd have possers and all yeah, sorts of things from the period, you know. And, um, yeah, it was great. I learnt more about history from how we yeah. used to live than I've ever done any, anywhere else, really. I mean, yeah. it's fantastic, fantastic. It really come to life, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's about the evacuation and all that. And, of course, after it started to be... I think after it started to stop and they got these... They wanted to get these ways of still watching it... I would get invited to different schools. Yes. And, and I sort of have to do a bit of a play and pretend to be Mrs. Hodgkin. <laughs> kids, you know. I wasn't, didn't have any script or anything. They just sort of sat, they'd made it into a sort of wartime looking situation. Oh. And I 
just had to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It was very. It was authentic. And I think the fact that it was done as as a sort of little drama, soapy kind of thing was great because yeah. that meant that the the, 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 the children who were watching it got used to the characters and cared about the characters as well, which is quite nice. That's yeah. what Frida was so good at. Yes. She got all the teaching points across, yes. but she hid them in a family story. Yeah, yeah. And so they were, they were learned without really thinking. They were, oh, we're being taught this. They just loved the characters and took it all in. Absolutely. Sometimes I've had people say to me, because you all get this when you've been in something, with Emmerdale, you know, we'll say all sorts of things. Not, not much anymore, as I'm 86 now, but um, with the, with, uh, somebody would suddenly say to me, a, young, a girl serving in a shop would say, were you ever a teacher? Or are, are you a nurse? And I could think, I was too young to have seen. And I'd realised that's what it was. Yes. And in the end, I'd, it was a lovely show to do. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and ITV made a damn good job of it. And Frida was great. Frida, we better we better name check her properly. Frida Kelsall, of course, was her name. Yeah, and uh, she was lovely, Frida. Yeah. She, was, she did get this very nice, able to teach, able to teach the points that mattered, but yes. not seeming like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was fantastic, fantastic series, but very much so. Well, that took you over the Pennines to Yorkshire, and then, of course, came Emmerdale, which is the big reason we're chatting to mark the serial's 50th birthday. We'll do that in just a moment, but first a reminder of another 50th birthday treat for fans of another old ITV show coming soon to Distinct Nostalgia. It burst onto our screens 50 years ago this year. And for a generation of kids, it became must-viewing when you were sent home from school in the afternoons. It was played like a court, wasn't it? You, you oh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, absolutely. And you didn't know what the outcome was going to be because, you know, so they were ready to film two different endings, whatever the jury decision was, yeah. which was almost a bit like live television. It was great. It was edgy. We're talking, of course, about the groundbreaking Crown Court. Filmed at Granada Television in Manchester, the show was unique and saw some big names cut their teeth over its long run on ITV. It was an afternoon programme, and although it was an afternoon programme, they had some very fine actors in it because there were good chances to uh, show your mettle if you're an actor because there were long tranches of dialogue between judges and advocates and indeed actors. It also had an iconic theme tune that became the B-side to the A-side of Van der Valk, which went on to top the charts. We'll also be talking to the man behind that theme. Various bits of music were played, and I think I was sitting in on the session helping to choose the music, and he said, no, we've just done that album with you, with that piece, Distant Hills. That might be right. I thought, well, I don't know, it doesn't sound right to me, but anyway, we dug it out and played it to them, and they said, yeah, that's it, thank you very much. That's all to come when we're back in the Crown Court, a special documentary coming soon only on Distinct Nostalgia. And if you'd like to share your memories of the show, please email us at info at madeinmanchester.tv or message us on our Twitter page at distinct by MIM. So, yeah, another big anniversary there. I'm looking forward to that. So, Diana, um, how we used to live, so that took you over to Yorkshire TV. Was that the path into Emmerdale? No, I think the first time I worked in Emmerdale was for just two episodes. I was a battered housewife. 
Um, and I can't remember the name of the character who was a big character in it. But all the regulars were there. Ronnie, uh, Amos and Wilkes and all of that. And Sheila Mercier was there, you know. Yes. And it, some years later, I was in a play in London with Glenda Jackson. Right. I was at the Duke of York's Theatre in a smash hit. Every seat taken for every performance, because of course it was Glenda. And um, I, I got a um, phone call from my agent and she said they'd been asking about you to, for Emmerdale. And so I said, oh, yeah, and what? And it was for the part of Pat Sugden. Ah, of course, Sugden yeah. Drive. yeah. And obviously yeah. I wasn't available yes. because I was in, in the West End for six months. But then some years later, I was in touch with Richard Handford, who was then the producer of Emmerdale. Yep. Richard had been the producer of How We Used to Live. Uh, of course, yes. So I got in touch with... Uh, it wasn't Richard, actually. It was, it was the director of How We Used to Live, Frank Swift, or Frank, Frank Smith or Frank Swift, got in touch with me and said, Listen, Di, Richard Handford's now producing Emmerdale. So I said, Ooh. He said, Why don't you get in touch with him? Because he was the sort of guy you could ring. Yes. Guy, you know. So I did. I rang Richard, he got hold of him, and I said, I believe you're doing Emmerdale, Richard. And he said, Yeah, I'd love to have you in it, but you were in it, weren't you, playing a battered housewife? I said, Yeah, but that was years ago. I said, And they've asked for me since for Pat Sutton role. Obviously, that was then gone. <laughs> so he said, Oh, okay, let me think. He said, We've got this couple of months part for um, a Mrs. Bates who comes to be the secretary, the temporary secretary for Alan Turner. Uh, N.Y. Estates, was it? N.Y. Estates, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's only, um, say, something like 12 episodes, but and he's supposed to be a ratty old, miserable old woman. And <laughs> uh, he said, well, I could, I could get that changed. <laughs> so he did some work behind the scenes and got me in as Mrs. Bates. And as I said, it was just going to be something like 12 episodes. And after the first episode went out, we're all sitting in the bar having a drink, and the writer said to me, would you like to do more? Would you like to go on until June? Ah. And I said, oh, yes, please. June next year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it began. And I went to six years doing it, and occasionally went back in for the odd visit. I remember going to one of Kathy's weddings, one that didn't happen. Did at the altar. I think that was my last appearance. But, but, um, but you, you were, you sort of. I remember, um, obviously, growing up in Yorkshire, Emmerdale was our, you know, Emmerdale Farm was our was our soap. We were quite, you know, everyone was everyone was quite fond of Emmerdale Farm in in, in, in different ways, and everyone used to, everyone used to go and visit Esholt and and mm. and whatever. It was a big thing. But yeah, it was Esholt when I was in it. Yeah, before yeah. And Alan Turner, of course, when he first came into it, the, uh, Richard Thorpe's character was was a bit was a hate was a hated figure. Really, people people didn't like him because he was a rival to the farm, you know, to Emmerdale yeah. Farm. But yeah. he slowly but surely was tamed, and I think your character was part of the taming, wasn't she? Really, she certainly was. I remember that first episode that I did. He was being very nasty to me, and I sat at my desk and I just looked across to him. He wasn't looking at me, he was getting on with something. And I gave him the filthiest look, <laughs> as if to say, God, who's wrong? I'm not enjoying this. And of course, the camera caught it. And from then on, all the rest of my Emmerdale time, it would say in the script, Mrs. Bates looks. <laughs> Mrs. Bates looks. And there were several of these, one of 
which was called Fond Despair. Yes. Look at him and sort of shake my head as if to say, oh, he's doing his best. <laughs> Another one was the Burke bubble, where I would just look at him as if he's a Burke. <laughs> Richard and I just hit it off from day one. Yeah, yeah. It became... He was, he was a, such a good mate. In fact, I'm looking now, this is a strange story, I'm looking at a decanter, beautiful cut glass decanter with a silver top, and that, that was my present when I left from Richard. Oh. That's 30 odd years ago. Yes. And it's been in my cupboard ever since, never <laughs> used. I'm not a decanter person. No. But my grandson, who lives in London and has just got into a new flat, was showing me pictures of his cupboard for glassware. Uh. He was here last time. And I said, hang on, I might have something for you. And when I went to my cabinet and found it in a corner, and he went, oh, we'd love a decanter. <laughs> and it was dusty. It had never been used. So it's here, having been washed out, and it's going to London to be in my grandson's cabinet. And I didn't even remember until I was cleaning it, and I looked on the silver top, and I could see the writing engraving on it. And I'd forgotten. I said to Max, what did he say? Read it out. And it says, with love and gratitude for six glorious years, Tubby Turner. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was lovely. Fantastic. Lovely. He used to get, he, he was sometimes all over the place with his lines. Yes. But they always meant the right thing. <laughs> it always made sense. And I was always able to jig my answer <laughs> to fit what he'd said. Yes. And that made him, he, he realised he'd said it a bit wrong, and it made him comfortable that it was all going so smoothly. And there was one occasion when, I don't know what it was he said, but there was no way I could get round it. <laughs> Nothing, I just stood there. And he said, ha ha, <laughs> Trevor Dogs has dried. His voice came down from the basket from the... Balcony upstairs. No, Richard, you've just given Di a bum cue, and for once she hasn't managed to get her cue out of it. <laughs> but you were you you were you were quite a double act, really, weren't you? We were. We, in fact, we had a lot of very good comments from a lot of the TV writers in the in the magazines or the papers. Often talked about our double act. Yeah, yeah. But it was in the days before they did all the soap kind of programs, and double acts became a thing. Yes. In the soaps, you know, the best double act. But our day was before they did any of that. We didn't go to big soap dudes no. then. No, no. That's all happened since. Now, at that time, of course, the cast of Emmerdale was a lot smaller as well, wasn't it? There weren't as many people mm -hmm. in the programme, but... There were some, you know, we talk about we talk about the stalwarts of Coronation Street. Well, actually, there were some pretty big stalwarts in Emmerdale. I mean, people like Sheila Mercier had been around for many years, hadn't she? And they were also the people who were at the farm. Yes. If you were if you were connected to the farm, then you were used a lot. Yes. And I remember when I first did Mrs. Bates, and Richard was very pleased with it, and they'd asked me to stay on. But he did say to me, there won't be a lot we can do with you, Di, because, um, you know, you're this separate person who just works for Alan Turner. I said, well, that's easy. Give me a pretty daughter and let Jackie Merrick fall in love with her. Yes. And that's exactly what they did. Yes. They gave me um, Cathy. Yes, yes, yes. Melanda Burroughs. And, and indeed, Ian Sharrock as Jackie. Yes. They're married. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what 
more to do then than when I was involved with that. <laughs> and I've got to know I've got to know Ian actually uh, the last few years. Oh, and he's, he's he's all right. He's okay. He's okay. He's 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 living up in the northeast. And um, basically, uh, we we, do, we did a we did an interview together on uh, on Distinct and and various the fans tried to get in touch with him and things. And uh, one of the fans found out um, found an old because it's not been shown. A lot of the old Emmerdale Farm episodes don't get shown. And and somebody had found um, what was a very ambitious episode at the time because they'd never done it before. I think when mm. when um, uh, Kathy and Jackie went on their honeymoon, to right. um, it was a, it was one of the first times they'd ever ever actually done a whole episode on location okay. in a foreign land, if you know what I mean, foreign country. Yeah. And um, and yeah, so they, they dug, dug that out, and Ian was. Uh, you know, he loved that, but uh, but yeah, no, because it, it, it's interesting for him really, because and for all, the, all those at that time, because there weren't that many young characters in some of these programmes, were there? Yeah. And and he became he became a bit of a heartthrob really yeah, overnight, didn't he? Was. You know, all the girls were keen on on Jackie, yeah, Jackie yeah. Baker. And Ian was such a nice guy, and um, he was lovely to work with as well. So I, I was very happy when he and Kathy got became a couple because it involved me more with the Sugden family. Of course, of course. And gave my character more to do. Did, did, um, did you end, I, 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 you know, obviously it's a long time ago and I can't remember exactly, but you, your character ended up running the post office, didn't she? Is that right? No, no. Um, in the end, we ran, we, we ran the pub for a while. I, was, I decided to leave after six years. I thought I'd been there long enough. Yes. Without knowing, well, the producer told me when I said I was leaving that the plan was for the next season to marry me off to Richard, to, to Alan Turner, yeah. and for us to run the pub. Right, OK. With, the, with uh, Nick and Kathy. Right. And when I said, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I've, I've taken the decision now to go, Richard always said I left because I didn't want to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I said, I've made that decision now, and the producer, Stuart, Stuart Doughty said, well, would you come back occasionally? And I just said, yeah, I'll come back for funerals and weddings. And they got me back for about five months while they did this story of us running the pub. Ah, uh, OK. Without, okay. obviously, marrying us off. It looked as if we were going to get married, and then they brought in my mother, who was ill, and I had to go away to look after her. But Richard always said that, you only left so you didn't marry me. <laughs> but, you, but, you, but the character lived in the village, didn't she? If I remember Richard, rightly. Yeah, yeah I thought she so. Lived yeah. Yes, that's right. I remember that. That's why I think. That's why I keep thinking of the post office because you were near the post office, weren't you? In terms yeah, of the no, yeah. No, I never did the post never office. Never did the post office. Yeah. Worked, you know, obviously worked in the pub on the bar sometimes yeah. and uh, yeah. oh, did all sorts of stuff, wading through a river on the fish farm with staff and. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, he was lovely to work with as well, Stan. Yes. I have a lovely story about Stan, if you want to. Yeah, go for it, go for it, go for it. When I first joined, I'd only just joined, and Stan was one of these lovely people that was welcoming to anyone new. Made them feel at home straight away. And I don't know where we were filming, but he said, I want to take you, when we finish filming, I'm going to take you to Betty's. You'll know Betty's. Yes. Restaurant in uh, Harrogate, is it? Well, it's in Ilkley, it's in Harrogate, it's in York, right, yeah. Right. I don't yeah. know which one it was, but yeah. um, we went there, and there was almost a queue, and he said, um, oh dear, it looks busy. He said, no, I'm, I'm having to warn you now, Di. He said that, you know, there'll be a lot of ladies in there that will recognise me from Emmerdale. He said, uh, so I, I, hope you, I hope that's okay. I said, of course it is. 
sat down, we, we queued for a while, and then we were told, would you mind joining that table there, which was only one lady sitting there. Uh, so we joined her, and she kept looking at me, and looking back at her food, and then looking at me again, and in the end she said, uh, uh, do I, I know you from somewhere, don't I? Is it a family at war? And Stan sitting next to me. And then she said, why are you here in Yorkshire? And I'm virtually pointing to him, <laughs> you know, as if presenting him. <laughs> but no, she looked at him, and then she, she, she looked back, and I said, well, I'm doing Emmerdale. <laughs> oh, she said, I've never watched it. <laughs> so when she left the table, Stan said to me, Davis won, Richard's nil. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, he got another person come to his autograph, and he's just looking at me as if to say one all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ian had Ian Ian had uh, fond memories of of Stan because of course they had a lot of they they were they were they played a lot together of course because 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 Stan was the uh, was the gamekeeper wasn't he and and Jackie was his side sidekick or whatever for a long time. You had a lot of fun in, in the show, lots and lots of fun. Well, well, look, you, we're talking about the double act between you and and Alan. You know, you you and Alan took the Alan Turner character, but but of course Seth and Alan Turner had a bit of a double act together as well, didn't they? Yeah. When Fraser came back in the show, because he'd left some years before, yes. you know, and when Joe came back, it was a foursome because he was involved at the home farm as well. Yes, yes. And we spent lots of time, the four of us together, and we, Fraser, myself and uh, Richard would go for lunch together, not, not Stan, because Stan liked to drink rather than a lunch. He liked to go to the bar. And then we, we had great times together. Fantastic, yeah. I mean, the, the the great thing about Emmerdale, it had some really strong character actors in it, didn't it? Basically, more yeah. than anything. And and, uh, and, and like you say, good good combinations. Wilkes and Amos. Well, I was about to I was about to say that because you if you you worked in the in the in the pub, you saw that up close, didn't you? Yes, absolutely. They were perfect together. They're very very good and very nice. You know, they were lovely, both of them, Arthur and Ronnie. Arthur and sadly died uh, was found dead in his car yes yes coming back to work at, at, at Yorkshire and must have felt ill as he was nearly there yes pulled over and, and was found dead in his car I know dreadful that was a real shock yeah uh, but, 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 but the, the, the chemistry they had was, was brilliant in terms of their I mean the, the comedy I mean there was a real there was a hell of a lot of comedy in those two characters oh, yeah. um yeah. And the, the way in which they used to sort of barter off each other and whatever. What were they like? Yeah. What were they like in real life? Well, as you said, <laughs> they were both great. They were good friends. Obviously, they didn't mix other than the show because Arthur lived a good long way away. I don't know where. Uh, and he was a happily married man. And Ronnie was gay. Yes. They were really good mates and they worked so well together. They came over like an old married couple, didn't they? <laughs> and and of course the other the other thing about Emmerdale I always mention this when I do an Emmerdale conversation is that in the Woolpack there was also Walter wasn't there the 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 old chap who never said anything in the bar. Oh, yes, Walter was it was just an extra wasn't he? Yes, yes. He was there all the time. Yes, yeah. That's true. 
<laughs> so everyone knew everyone knew who Walter was. So when you were there, when you were there, um, it was you know it, it, it was starting. I mean, it was doing, it done very well for many years as a afternoon soap, and then it was on in the evenings, and it was starting to do you know build up in terms of its viewing figures and doing really 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 well. And of course, I know that people coming to Esholt and to the to the farm and whatever that was getting a bit too much, wasn't it for the for the locals, wasn't it? For the filming because there were so many people. Yeah. They had to stay quiet, and once or twice something it would make it difficult for the camera movements and things like that. And I think the people who lived in Ashold might have got a bit sick of that. Yes, constantly yes. having their village coach loads Could, of people. Well, it was a tiny, little tiny place, wasn't it? At the end of the day, it was, yeah. The yeah, pub. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, it was, it was, it was, it was a lovely place, and obviously they've replicated it now in in, in, in a different, different, different way. But um, obviously there are other there are other actors in there. So Sheila, Sheila was sort of we talked about Pat Phoenix and Coronation Street. Sheila was sort of the grand dame of of Emmerdale, wasn't she? What was she? What was she? What was she like to work? Because a lot of people I've spoken to, when they mentioned Sheila for the first time or met Sheila for the first time, they felt a little bit sort of you know sort of oh dear, what can I say? She could be a, a little, or seem as if she was a little bit standoffish. Yes. And as I said, when I first, I told you I'd done this beat, beaten up housewife some time before, years before, and I'd met her then when I did that. And then when I went back in again, I just said, hello, Sheila, because I'd met her before. But of course she didn't remember me because so many people go through a program like that. That she sort of looked at me as if to say, don't be familiar, you know, I don't know who you are. She didn't say anything, but it was just that look. Yes. And a few minutes later, she came over and died. I've just remembered, you were the battered housewife. <laughs> she was lovely. She was lovely. She was so regal. Yes. But we did a um, Cy, who played my son, Nick. Yes. He, he um, made a film. He, was, he really wanted to go into direction rather than acting. And she, he made two films with us playing the people that we worked with, not the actors. I played uh, the, the girl who answered the phone at the at the barn where we rehearsed, who had a boat. She would say, hello, Emmerdale. How may I help you? <laughs> and I played her, and Tony Pitts played the producer and so on. Fraser played somebody else, one of the cameramen. And she, Sheila came over to me and she said, Nobody's asked me to be in it. Oh. So I said, oh, Sheila, would you like to be in it? She said, I did write whole farces, you know. Because, <laughs> of course, she was the sister of Brian Wick. Yes. And so I went to Peter, who was doing all the writing of it, and I said, Peter, Sheila wants to be in it. Oh, great. So we had Sheila baking cakes in the, in the farm kitchen that were all bright pink, and she'd done them with some liquor. Yes. She just sort of said, she had this lovely line where she said, um, this is the Arga. I've no idea how to use it. It's called acting. <laughs> <laughs> she just asked if she could be in it. So, yeah, I got on with Sheila very well, apart from that first moment when she thought I was being familiar. Well, as you mentioned the Arga, that, that again, from being a little boy, that was one of my biggest memories of Emmerdale, was that kitchen. Yeah. It really was, because it's sort of... So, yeah, such a cosy place, wasn't it? It was sad when, I think that happened after I left, when suddenly they stopped, they, they changed the name of the village yes. from Beckendale to Emmerdale. Yes. So they could still call the show Emmerdale, but 
do a lot less of the farm. Yes, yeah. I yeah. think they found the farm was, they've always got to be at the farm feeling, you know. Yeah. They wanted to broaden it. I think that was the idea. I think I think it was the idea. I mean, I've talked to Freddie quite a bit, of course, and, and he mm. says that, you know, right at the very beginning, that it was very much about that the actors had to actually do the farming. They had to actually yeah, get yeah, their yeah. hands dirty, you know. So you were there, you know, milking the cows and, you know, yeah, with the sheep in the fields. Yes, yeah, they did it all. Yeah, did it and all. They were, very, they were very convincing the way they did it. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. It's 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 interesting, but it you know it was it was a very authentic show, very very authentic program, and it, you know, and I think it was interesting for those of us who lived in Yorkshire but didn't live in the farming areas. So yeah. you know, people who live in Leeds and Sheffield and whatever don't know those yeah. areas, but yeah. we we learnt something from it. You know what I mean? It was, it was really interesting in that sense. I remember when I was in Corrie, and um, I remember meeting up with Jean Alexander. But Jean told me once that she was a huge fan of Emmerdale. Oh, OK. I mean, she was so different, Jean, to what the character yes. of the... She was a very elegant, quiet lady. And she once did an... Um, I think it was a... Oh, God, the, the chat show. The famous chat show host. My, my mind's going. Russell Harty? No, more, more famous than him. Uh, Terry T- Wogan. Right. Terry Rogan and she told Terry Rogan that her favourite soap was Emmerdale uh-huh. and I met up with her years later at some sort of soap bit of a soap do nothing like the big things they do now and she was there and I introduced her to Ronnie and Arthur yes and Arthur said oh, wouldn't it be lovely if she could come into our soap for a little visit and she could be a girlfriend of mine from the past you know and Jean was all for it <laughs> and we went, we went to a, the producer and mentioned it to him and he said oh no 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 we can't do that and I thought you silly man the whole country would watch that yeah yeah. every yeah. Corey fan yeah and every Emmerdale fan yeah, yeah. would be glued to it yeah but that was a strange well I I, I interviewed I interviewed Jean not about a couple of years before she died, and, and we had a long conversation, and 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 she obviously she spoke very fondly of, of playing Hilda for many years, but yeah. she but she the the favorite the favorite character for her was uh, the one that she played in Last of the Summer Wine yeah. as Auntie, Auntie Wainwright. Auntie Wainwright. Yeah, yeah. She was terrific in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I th- so I think she she felt at home in Yorkshire definitely. <laughs> yeah. It would have been. Well, but, but you see, in those days, that was the other thing, wasn't it? You couldn't, you, if you were a popular character in a in a, in in one soap, there's no way you'd be seen in another one, is there? You know, they wouldn't allow that back well, in that those days. Yeah. No, well, Claire King, of course, has been in 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 Emmerdale and in in Coronation yeah. Street, as well, you know. Yes. I got on well with Claire. And the other friend that I have from in Emmerdale, which I worked with her in theatre, she was never in it when I was in it, it was Catherine who plays the vicar. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Catherine yeah. Dowd-Lightman. And of course, Chris Chitaro, is he still there? Harry Pollard? Yes, he's still there. He's still there, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I did Panto with Chris and Fraser. Yeah. The first job I did after I left Emmerdale, Fraser suggested me. They were doing Panto in Lincoln, and the lady that should have played the nurse was one of the, do you remember Les Dawson's Kelly Toppers? I do, I do. Older ladies. Yes. Yes. Well, she got the chance of a Christmas special with Les, and so she dropped out of the panto, and Fraser suggested me. 
And that was my first panto, and I did about 20. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Now, we were talking to Jean Rogers, of course, um, uh, who's in, in Emmerdale as one of the iconic couples. Matt and Dolly were great because, yes, because, because for, I mean, for a long time, you know, I mean, I know she, Dolly in, in the end ended up having an affair, but before for a long, long time, they were a couple in a soap that you could guarantee were always going to be together. But, yeah. of course, she replaced another Dolly, and that was a, that became a bit of a first as well because not not often did not like American soaps where people change all the time. That became a big thing. I remember as a little boy thinking, "Oh my God, they're going to change Dolly. How they, how are they going to change Dolly? How is she how is she going to look as a new Dolly? You know what I mean?" Yeah, but but bizarrely, bizarrely, they actually looked pretty similar. Actually, yeah, in the end, Jean was chosen because she looked enough like her yeah, yeah, to be able yeah. to do it. Yeah, they've done it before in, in shows. Tried to find a look-alike but, but anyway Jean made it her own certainly yeah definitely definitely it was a great great character and of course mm. um you know uh and, and listeners will hear our our reunion uh with uh matt and dolly coming up coming up soon but of course she had to deal with 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 with, with freddie's character matt who was very dour Himself. no very very sort of very loyal to uh to ma to annie yes. everyone oh, yeah. was loyal to annie weren't they you know she was yeah yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice guy, nice guy. So, looking back on it, then you were in it for six years, um, and obviously it had an impact on you. How do you, how do you compare it to your Coronation Street years? Do you think? Um, well, differently, but obviously the Coronation Street years were much shorter. Yeah. And the Emmerdale was such a family show to be in. I think, obviously, in being in it for six years, it, it became just like home. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got to say that, that of the two, Emmerdale's got the bigger place in my heart. Yeah, because you were there longer and, and all that yeah. kind of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and sort of the parts you played, do you think, I mean, obviously you played lots of different parts over the years, but... Do you think you got into a into into sort of a situation where you ended up playing very similar parts in a way uh, uh, later on in life, kind of thing? Um, no, I wouldn't say that at all. Actually, when I think back to Corey, I was as common as you could. Possibly of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm obviously a much younger character. I was in yes. my early thirties then, and um, I mean, <laughs> wearing mini skirts. And yes. <laughs> well, my son, who was grown, because I said when, he, when I was in it, he was only nine, eight or nine. And um, years later, when he saw, there's a man called Darren Little. Yes, 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 right. yes. Darren called everybody around to say that had been in it, this is years ago, to have a meet with him. And he asked, What's, what would you like to have? We're putting some of it onto videos. Yes. And I said, oh dear, I, I don't really know. He said, oh, I love the storyline where this, that and the other, you know. Yeah. Okay. So he, he did that and he added on to it, the, the three of us doing the um, Andrew Sisters. Yeah. yeah. It was all bits and bobs. And um, that was a nice thing to have. And when my son saw it, he said, hey, Mom, you were a bit of a babe, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! You're fantastic. Well, I think, as I say, I think, I think you, you played some great characters. Mark, so the one that hit, that that connected with me more than anything, just because I was a little boy, was was the how we yeah. used to live one, really. Yeah. yeah. That's what 
Hodgkins. Yeah, you know, brilliant, brilliant. And and you know, and she... I have a special thing about that because I was born in 1936. Yes. And I'm an Edwardian because Edward was king. Of course, yes. Before he abdicated, he was king, <laughs> and I was born while he was king. Yes. And that first episode was all about that. Yes. The abdication. The abdication. Yes. And it's just a bit rang a bell for me because I think that I was, I'm actually an Edwardian. Yes. Well, you've now seen you've now seen one, two, three, four, five monarchs of you. Is that right? I think. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, so, Emmerdale obviously has changed. It, it's fifty years old. It's lasted. It's doing very well, and it's just won another award the other night and all the rest of it. What do you What do you make of it now? I mean, obviously it's different, but it's but it's. It's still connected to... I don't watch the soaps anymore. They're on too often. Yeah. It was, one. It was tw- you know, twice a week for us. It was, yeah, yeah. And now it's twice a night with some of them. <laughs> oh, you're right. And I can't keep up with it, <laughs> no. so I don't watch any of them. But it's, good, it's so. good that they're still around, isn't it? It's good I that they're still around. It's good. I mean, I, I sometimes have to smile about little clips about rape and murder going on. You know, this. That didn't happen in the days of the farm. No. Because obviously you've got to keep up with the dramatic stuff that the kids like. But it, I've got happy memories of how it used to be. Well, this, what was nice about, in the old days, of course, was in Emmerdale and in Coronation Street, was just those conversations that you had about just basic mundane things, wasn't it, yeah. really? You know. That could be very, very funny. You know, yeah. Just, just people chatting, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And the sense of humour was always huge on Corrie. Yeah, absolutely. And got, obviously, you had, you had Hilda and Stan and, and the Duckworths and all of that. You know, there was a lot of humour in it. Yeah. And I think that, as, I hope that's still in there. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think it is. I think, I think the thing is about anything that lasts a long time, and bear in mind these programmes have lasted a hell of a long time, have gone through yeah. lots of different generations, is that things evolve and adapt, and sometimes things go full circle. Don't they? So at, at some point we might get back to the conversations yeah, the big, again. You know. The big thing difference to me was, and I saw it in my career, was the size of the scenes. The scenes used to be quite long. Quite a lot happened in a scene. Yes. And it all got much tighter yes. and quicker. Yes. And um, I think it's nice to see a, a scene where people, like you just talked about the thing with Jackie and Cathy doing yes. the whole episode. Yeah. And they do sometimes do that in EastEnders, don't they? Yes. Uh, yeah. Make a whole episode about something particularly interesting. And, and I think, like you say, it'll go full circle. Yeah, no, it, it will, it will. I think the thing about the shorter scenes is probably an American thing, isn't it? Scenes in American yeah. things are always really short, aren't they? Yes. You know. Everybody keep, keep it going, keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. But I, I think an, a long scene is something I really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it's been lovely, lovely talking to you and remembering all those great things. Now, I gather you're still, you're still acting. You're still keeping your, you know, still keeping your acting bones going. What? Tell us what you're up to. Well, I just I did a part earlier this year, which was um, it was a play written by Simon. Oh, crikey! <laughs> the memory's going for ordinary names. Um, anyway, it was called Laying the Ghost, and it was a comedy. Uh, set in a care home to ex-actresses. Okay. <laughs> and I was a very dotty old ex-actress, and I just thought to myself, I hope this isn't a moment. <laughs> 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 and I, I, I do a, a bit of prompting.
thing as well. I've just finished prompting the 39 steps at my local. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Right? Yeah. And they've done a damn good job of it. Yeah. I prompted all the rehearsals, obviously. It's a show that you can't have a prompt on the show. It's too manic. Yeah. You've got to get on with it. But, oh, it was superb. The audience, when I went to see it, were cheering every scene. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, this is this is down in, this is down in the West Country, isn't it? You're living in the West Country now, is that right? Yeah, I yeah. Do, Devon, yeah, Torquay. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, well, th- that's where uh, Faulty Towers came from, wasn't it? Torquay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Agatha Christie, of course. Of course, of course, of course. So this comedy that you did—is it just like a one-off one, or was it yeah, sort they of? Do, they do a show for it lasts for a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a little theatre in Torquay, and it's in, in a church, in an old church. And when I first joined, which was was um, 17 years ago when I first came to this part of Devon um, I was amazed at their facilities that they had because I've worked in theatres all over the country where your dressing room has been like a dump yes almost like a toilet they nearly always are aren't they dressing rooms yeah, yeah. yeah. And except for the one I did with Glenda was at Duke of York oh it had been dark <laughs> for some time so it had all been completely redone they had beautiful dressing rooms showers you name it. it that was quite an experience all the superstars came because it was slender fantastic yeah. every night we'd say to her who's in tonight Glenda?" and she'd say dustin hoffman <laughs> eli wallach all these famous faces were coming to see it for brilliant her. yeah and yeah she'd worked with them in hollywood you know? of course yeah yeah exactly exactly Exactly. No, it sounds, sounds good. It's just the comedy that you mentioned sounds interesting because I'm because we're always as a as a production company. I'm we're pitching comedy ideas all the time because I don't think yeah. that, I don't think there's enough um, real observational comedy anymore. I think a lot of it is it, it's all a bit surreal, and I, I like stuff that's yeah. got some reality oh, yeah, in it. And, you know, Simon Williams. That's the actor. Simon Williams. He wrote it. Oh, he wrote it. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, and then. Really very funny because yeah. I was the only character in it that could see the ghost. Right. Okay. 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 An actor who who dies at the end of Act One with a heart attack and right. a ghost all the way through Act Two. Right. I'll look out. I'll look out for the script of that. It might be interesting to, yeah, to have a read. Of it. The ghost is written by Simon Williams. Right. Well, um, we better, better draw things to an end. But thank you. Thank you for talking to us, Dan. It's been li- really nice reminis- okay. reminiscing. Uh, for, yeah, you know, you, you've had a long a long career. And I think yeah. there are lots of the interesting thing about all those parts mm. is that they, you know, they 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 will have connected with different people at different times, you know, yeah. different eras, kind of thing. So there's I probably one thing I can possibly say about more or less every part I've played. Yes, and it's always something that's been said to me by people and and in crits. They've been warm. Yes, they have. I've had, yeah. that, I've had that said in many a crit that the yeah. car- what the warmth of the character came across. And I think those those characters that I've played have had that anyway. Yes. And that's something that I've got anyway. Absolutely. So it's worked. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Your northern your northern warmth has come come yeah. across. <laughs> well, of course, we don't see. Uh, they don't actually repeat many of the old Emmerdale farms, sadly. Um, no. uh, but and, and somebody said, somebody's been watching them and kept telling me that she was what she'd seen me on them. And indeed, she asked, she said this Kathy's wedding to. I can't remember the boy's name now, and I said, "All oh, right, that's my very last appearance." Ah, yeah, I think I think they've I think they've shown the more recent more recent ones, but they ought to show the the older ones. But they ha- what they have been showing actually in recent times, I think it was last year, they did show the entire se- series of um, uh, Family at War on Talking Pictures. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, that's right. I, I've got. 
I have actually got that in proper form that I can watch. Fantastic, fantastic. I've not, I've not seen it for ages, but yeah. occasionally I, I look up that scene where I was the crying mum. Yeah. And say thank you to June Housen for spotting that. Yeah, absolutely. Not only did she spot it, but she then said to me when I'd done that bit, right, get into the background and push him, push your little boy towards the teacher as if you can't stand it any longer, and then run off. So she added that, and then she used the little boy at the very end of the episode, my little boy that I'd chosen, to run along the corridor shouting, Mum. Fantastic. So she made that moment into a three-act play. Brilliant. And according to the producer, they cut it up into three pieces to promote the episode. That's, that's good, that's good. i tell you the one they should repeat, though, and I think everybody who, who's a fan of Distinct Nostalgia, as I say, is often talking about it. It would be nice to see somewhere repeated, maybe Talking Pictures could get the rights to it or whatever, uh, How We Used to Live. I think, we'd all, I think we'd all like to see the episodes of How We Used to Live all again, to be honest. Yeah, I think it would go down well. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Brilliant. Diane, okay, it's, it's been really, really nice talking to you, Diana. It's fantastic. And you. And you. Fantastic. Okay. Hope it goes well. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks, Dana. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And stay tuned to Distinct Nostalgia for another special treat to Mark Emmerdale's 50th birthday coming very soon. Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast.